Hey, this is Michael Monroe and face the brutality, the concrete, the steel, the true face of rock and roll and the brutally delicious. Check it out. Brutally delicious. Isn't that beautiful? Check it out. This is Michael Monroe. Keep on rocking. See you down the road. Hello, Michael. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Bruce? Good. Nice to meet you. Long, long time fan. Okay. Great to hear that. Somebody speaking Finnish. Yes. Oh. Yeah, Kato, meitsi on yllättäen täältä Suomesta. Aha, Riina. Moi, Riina. Joo. English or Finnish? No, English, because these dudes don't understand that this is the language of the future and they should be, <laughs> you know, brushing up on it. <laughs> yeah, five million people in the world. Mm. Yeah. Well. <laughs> like I said, language of the future. It's not there yet, but it's a journey, you know. Yeah, there might be five million people left after all. In the end of the mm -hmm. whole, true, the whole street house goes up in flames. <laughs> so, are you in Finland? Yeah, right now yeah. I am. Yeah, I, I I was reading the bio and you had moved to New York for a while. So I I was sure in you're... Manhattan for ten years. Uh, lived in Manhattan for ten years. Before that, in London for for uh, a little less than five. And uh, before that, in Stockholm. First half a year on the streets in Stockholm when we started Hanoi Rocks in 1979, 1980. And uh, yeah, I started out with nothing and I still got most of it left. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Excellent. That's awesome. Um, so I, I have to be honest, I'm, I'm a, of a bit of a younger generation here. Um, so I only got to, <laughs> I'm 46. Come on. I only got to know Hanoi Rocks um later on, like in my 20s basically. Yeah. I mean, I I had I had heard of Hanoi Rocks, but when you guys were really going, I was only like uh -huh. 8 or 9. And um I'll never forget I was sitting at um at the computer and I was searching, "Oh, I want to figure out what Hanoi Rocks is all about." And I came across Don't You Ever Leave Me. And my girlfriend at the time was like, what are you playing? And I was like, oh, it's this band, Hanoi Rocks. They're fronted by Michael Monroe. You know, I'm just researching them because I know they were a big influence on a lot of the bands that I like. And she's like, this is the best song oh, I've yeah? ever heard. We have, we have to have this song. And then um, Until I Get You, she fell in love with wow. that song. And, and that's just something that, that always stuck with me personally. Was that like how music can bring people together in ways that are kind of That's unexpected? That's great to hear, man. That's really cool. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Rock and roll definitely you know? brings everyone together for and, sure. Yeah. And while I was prepping for this interview, I didn't know you had released a new record. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll go on Facebook and see what you're doing. And then I went on to YouTube and I have a subscription to YouTube Music. So I was like, let me check out the new album. And to me, you're one of the few artists that every time you release a record, you get better and better and better and better and better. And you're always refining what you do. Thank you. That's great you know to hear, I mean? man. Because there's another point in my life in my mid-20s where I was going through a mental health crisis and I heard A Day Late and A Dollar Short, which I don't even know how I came across that song, 
but it was another one of those moments. And I realized that you always come around in my life when things are either really good or really bad. And there's always something that you add artistically, you know, I don't even know if the synchronicity is the word or not. It's a great, they're here. But like, even the new, even the new record, how you're talking about like everybody's nobody, Uh you know, like you got to let go of what was before Mm -hmm. because that, that happened already, you know, and you have to appreciate what's now and moving ahead and, and it's just, it hit me again. And I was just like, fuck, wow. I need this right now. That's great to hear, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, that means the world to me. Yeah, sorry. I'm not that, trying to that, be a uh, That really means a lot to me. It's just, that's some the best kind of feedback you can have. That, you know, that music touches and means so much to, for you. It's, uh, that was really great to hear. Thank you. Appreciate that. That was, really means a lot to me. And that means I'm doing something right. <laughs> After all these years, <laughs> yeah. you're still doing well, something I mean, right. I, I've, I've added it to my um like I I made a playlist of the entire record already and it's now going to be playing in my All car right. on repeat. Cool so. man. Yes. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a special record. This one turned out really good. I mean they're all special but uh this one especially became uh everything just fell into place perfectly. I think we renewed the band the band's sound in the best possible way production wise and arrangement wise, song wise. There's a lot more air, and uh, I mean, there was a new engineer we I never worked with before in a new studio. We went to just to just to try out a new thing, and uh, it paid off. It really, really came together. Nice. Who was it? This guy Erno Erno Lightinen. He's a Finnish guy. He's produced a there's a Finnish band called Hello Helsinki, which uh, Rina knows, I'm sure. Hello Helsinki. It's like Hello Helsinki. <laughs> they they have one of the biggest yeah. hits. They have some of the best, part of the the most hits of any band in Finland. Uh, they're like a pop rock band so he'd been producing them and he went to do a rock and roll record you know for a while and this was the perfect time for him and he mixed Tammy's Tammy Alpha's uh, solo album so I went to meet him and he had a good vision and in the end he ended up being you know more like a with the band uh, as a producer so we accredited him and the band as the producers because we we kind of produced it together right so uh, that was the other thing I was going to say is this record sonically sounds so much better than all of your previous records. Thank you. I think so too. And the vocal performances uh, were spot on. Oh, thank you. You know, in, in the age where a lot of people from the early eighties are losing their voice, yours only seems to be getting stronger, which is <laughs> nice to hear. It's nice rather, to hear. Rather, honestly. I try to get better at what I do. So it's nice to hear that. that <laughs> how did, uh, how did oh. Slash get involved in this? Well, I just sent him an email. I sent the song to him. I said, would you like to play a solo on this track? It's going to be the title track of my new album. And uh, he was really busy. I knew uh, he was doing doing uh, promotion for us. He had an album coming out and everything. So he says, when, when do you need it by? So I said, well, as soon as, like now. Like yesterday. <laughs> like yesterday. And uh, I said, well, if you don't have the time, I understand. I was like, well, let me see if I can carve out a day for it. And two days later, we had the solo. Wow, he's such a sweet guy. He's a sweetheart. Yeah. Such a sweet guy. Yeah, and a great solo too. It's it's, it's a statement in itself. It's really off the cuff and very you know. I love the way it almost falls apart at one point and it just comes together in the end. And you know, it's, nowadays when everything's so perfectly in place, every note is being like pro tool, uh, you know, pro tooled into you know being perfectly. I mean, the people, the it has the human touch, and it's a good, right. great statement. That's where you know sometimes the best things are the mistakes, and you have there's an there's an art form that's called perfectly flawed, and that's, uh, 
make it these days. So, so, and music was made for the sake of music and not for marketing and what genre. And, you know, back then, that's why it is. It does sound better. I mean, the people saying that it's, it's not really nostalgia saying that old uh, old records are better. In the 50s, 60s, 70s, early 80s, music was made for music's sake. And that was the motivation and not like how we're going to market this. What is this going to be grunge or heavy metal or, you know, the record companies, have, the business has ruined a lot of the music because the music has no business in the music business. That's <laughs> part, of, part of the problem. Yeah. Fair enough, Rena. So my money, well, how do you money. feel about all the like sort of add-ons if we go down this route? Like I get the marketing and the genres and all that, but like you know, social media and stuff that, huh? What's what's an add-on? You mean? Uh, no, no, outside music, everything that's hasn't, yeah, yeah, like you know, the social media and the blah blah blah, you know, that that stuff that sort of brings you closer to the fans, but then, uh, I don't know, maybe also opens the door for communication that is less than constructive. It's it's a way of the world, yeah, it's just the way of the world today, this this day and age, uh, you know, uh, I have. To me, it's, you know, uh, I post stuff on the Facebook, you know, when it's something to mention and some photos and, and then they go to Instagram and stuff. But I don't I mean, I don't I don't have uh, I don't have Spotify. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't write about like what when I, you know, I don't I don't need to know when somebody like somebody admire some like Alice Cooper or Little Richard or somebody when they take a shower, when they go shopping <laughs> or what they're having for dinner. You know, right. the, picture of the food that you eat it's like if i didn't have this career uh then uh if i if i was a private person i wouldn't have a facebook or anything you know just you know my my own business you know <laughs> it's part of your part of the uh being uh, in the public eye uh, uh that's what i do it's uh, it's a necessary evil but i certainly don't it's like a, a lot of work to uh post something all the time you know we were, uh, it's, it's, you know, I do as, as little as I can, as I can. <laughs> I saw stuff. some tour photos, you guys at airports like and everything. Thinking. And it, it looks like it's well thought out and well planned, you know? I don't know what, what, what tour photos. Uh, just, I was following online on Facebook and then you have photos of you in airports with the guys and oh, I try to, yeah, I last tour as this guy, people keep telling me, oh, you should uh, film stuff with the, now you're with the band that we finally touring after over two years and not being able to tour yeah. with the band. Uh, so I'm, I try to remember as, okay, here we're at the, uh, airport where you just arrived in, uh, in Frankfurt and, you know, looking forward to the show and he had the guys and the guys always say something silly and, but we actually have a good time. We really have a good time. And even if we were, we were in, was it Strasbourg? That plane was late and uh, delayed and delayed. And we were on our way to Hellfest in France. And in the end, it was like 1.30 a.m. They said, okay, there's no flight. Got to get, get into a hotel the next day, leave the next day. So uh, I missed the whole thing. But uh, with, uh, we're supposed to, uh, I was supposed to do this thing with, uh, uh, about the Lemmy statue, they had a statue of Lemmy. In, oh yeah, uh, office. Yeah, I was supposed to be there. Like, put his ashes in there, and I was supposed to do this whole uh, thing with Mickey, Mickey D, and Phil Campbell. And I was looking at the time, and I said, "Well, it's not looking." I called Mickey. I said, "It doesn't look like I'm going to make it. It ain't going to happen now." And then, then the flight was canceled. You know, oh, wow. we're still having a good time with the guys, and uh, <laughs> you know, all right. Well, what are you going to do? Can't push the river. 
And then the next day, uh, they said, oh, the next the flight will be happening the next day at one. It was like 3.30 when we finally got to uh, got to France. And, uh, but uh, yeah, I post stuff and uh, sometimes whatever. I I have a lot of videos I film, but I don't know how to how to send it to I, uh, <laughs> you know, and I need a computer. It's, it's, I'm really slow with that stuff. So what's it like fun. being back on the road again? Oh, it's great. It's really great. I mean, traveling is uh, because of the COVID situation. Also, the, a lot of flights have been canceled and stuff. And we've had a lot of 5 a.m., 7 a.m. I had to be at the airport by, by 3 or something. You know, so a lot, a lot, not, not much sleep. There's a lot of, a lot of sleep deprivation. But other than that, the, the gigs have been great. All the gigs have been fantastic. With this band, we have the second we hit the stage, the stage, uh, the, the, that very instant, it's magic, you know. Really, really a lot of fun. And Alice Cooper shows were, were brilliant. We did like seven shows opening for Alice Cooper in Europe, and uh, that's the greatest show. I get to see the Alice Cooper show every night, and then yeah, and um, he often uh, asked me to come up to sing um, "Schools Out" with him, and uh, it's always a great, a great. Oh, that's film. great! Amazing. Yeah, my my birthday actually was my my 60th birthday was on uh, June 17th, and. Uh, uh, we were in Germany, in Zwickau, playing in Germany, and uh, Alice invited me on for schools out. And then he had this, the hunchback guy brought a birthday cake, and he sang "Happy Birthday" to me. Wow. <laughs> that was wow. the best birthday Congratulations, ever. by the way, on your big six zero. Thank you, thank you. Oh, there'll be ever... a cele celebration concert on uh, September twenty third in uh, Helsinki at the Ice Hall. It's going to be like a, a special concert, special event with special guests and. Uh, a lot of material stuff that we I, with this band we haven't played. Also, stuff I've never played live before, and uh, lots of nice surprises. So uh, September twenty third. Oh, I'd love there, to be there. Or you be there, or you may be very sorry if you don't. <laughs> I, I, I'd have to get to Finland. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in Washington DC. I think Rena is going to have to be our correspondent for that one. Yeah, we'll send her in. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so, did you ever, oh, did you ahead, ever imagine you'd still be doing this so many years later? I mean, you just said you're 60. That's quite amazing in a in a yeah. business that chews people up, right? Yeah, I didn't even think I was going to be alive <laughs> by the time I was 30. Or, you know, it's like one day at a time. But yeah, no, it's great. I mean, Alice Cooper said, Michael, 60 is nothing. He's 74 and he's still wow. having a great time doing it. I mean, he could have... He could have retired 30 years ago if he wanted, but he loves doing it. And you could tell as long as he's doing it good, doing it well and uh, enjoying it. Why not? You know, so, so you could, he's, he's, he's great. I mean, now that Little Richard is gone, I think Alice Cooper is the, is the king of rock and roll now. Right. He is the undisputed king of rock and roll. He's because he's always stuck. To, he's always been rock, you know, hard yeah. rock. You know, that's that's always a and that's timeless music. That's also one thing that will never go away, even though it's not in a fashion hasn't been for a long time. And, uh, you know, but you find there's good music out there. And if you know where to look, you'll find it. And I always believe that rock and roll rock will come back in a big way because it's been so, you know, so much uh, uh, so been for so, so long. It's been uh, the uh, minority now. So. I don't know what uh, what will happen, but as long as I'm here, rock and roll is going to be alive <laughs> and they'll uh, well, be there. You know. I, I think Heta Hyttinen is doing a grand job, uh, like managing the bands that could bring rock and roll back, like Shiraz Lane. Have you checked them out? Heta Hyttinen? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah she's, she's managing Shiraz Lane, which is like Shiraz on Lane. Yeah. Some, some really good, good rising uh, projectors yeah, right I, now. Check I out their music them. if you haven't. Yeah. Uh, I haven't checked the music. I heard about them. Yeah. There's a lot of good bands, you know. There's still bands that, you know, when I, I do it. They do just it for opened the for Kiss <laughs> in Finland here. Oh, really? Wow. Good yeah. for them. Cool. Um, so, I'm sorry for interrupting. Heta, no, no, you didn't interrupt. That's good. Heta is a nice, yeah, she's a nice person. Yeah, she's good. And I. She's fantastic, yeah. Sure, success. Look what Alice Cooper gave me. Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh my god! That's great. It's the coolest thing. Mega jealous. Show in uh, in Milan, you know. Wow. That is a cool gift from it. Look at the pearl. Is that for pearl. protection after the gig, or? <laughs> yeah. It's after the gig, he does these other other knives that he throw that on on stage. I mean, on my birthday, also when it, when I came on stage, he has you know, I had the swords. He, he punctures. He pops the balloons that have the. Confetti and and feathers and stuff, mm -hmm. glitter inside. It's, it, it's a, he gave me a sword. That's a dangerous combination. Me and a sword, <laughs> shocked too, you know. So I was like, yeah, I was like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> and the knives, are, the knives are real sharp too, you know. The knives, are, he's, I mean, he has a dartboard in the backstage. And I said, well, you throw darts? Says, no, no, target practice with knives. Says, He'll teach me too. Nice. <laughs> That's <laughs> rock and roll. Even at yeah. seventy four, it's like. Okay, we're not going to get wasted today, but we're going to whip knives at the wall. Let's go. That's right. That's, yeah, yeah that's healthier too. <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of an odd question uh, because listening to the record, uh, the new record, where you're kind of looking back and saying, you know what, we got to accept the, the current and look to the future. Um, you, by, by so many artists, are considered like a rock god do you know like you could probably like for instance i email slash and ask him for a solo and he's like oh i'm busy when do you need it and you say now he's like two days later you have a solo there's not very many people in the world that could get that done do you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying yeah yeah that's true i'm in a unique position uh, i feel privileged and uh uh to have been yeah and and to have alice cooper saying happy birthday yeah 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 so how do you how do you stay humble first place how do you stay humble in a situation like that where you're basically a rock god to the rock gods i don't know i don't know about being a god but it's <laughs> i just i appreciate you know i really uh it's it's very very humbling to me you know always being a humble person and uh I've, I've never uh, gotten carried away with uh, never fallen for the trappings of fame. It's been easier. For, I mean, for me, the 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 one condition I I allowed myself to do this is that never you know lose your soul along the way. Never become an, if 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 you become an asshole along the way, nothing, no money or fame would ever be worth it. You know, if you, if you change as a person, you got to stay true to yourself and stick to your principles and. Uh, do it. Keep honest from the heart, uh, and and never let anything change that. And uh, you'll be on a solid foundation because <clears throat> you do it on your own terms and don't compromise for the wrong reasons. And that then you're on a solid foundation, and then you do your own your own thing, your art. Um, and then after you manage to do that, then if it becomes successful, commercially successful, then that's that's extra. That's okay. Sure, I'll take the money if if, if it is to come. Uh, but first, you got to okay, do it for, then. for the right reasons. <laughs> yeah, first you got to do it for the right reasons, and uh, 
that's the most important thing, you know. And I don't need much to be happy. Like I said, I didn't even have a home when I started, so I'm quite happy to be, you know. I don't. Need... <laughs> <laughs> I have my, uh, I have my wife. I am. I have my two cats, and uh, at home, and uh, that's all I need. Uh, and yeah, my uh, best band, I, uh, the best band I could hope for, uh, best guys to play with, and we're the best of friends. So we have a great time playing live, and they're, they're great players, and uh, we we have a, a lot of great creative energy, and everybody writes, and it's actually really a band situation. So this band, I could play before or after anybody in the world, no problem. I'd be happy to. That's great. So, so yeah, can't complain. And you, you've been together with your wife for like. A significantly long time. I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant years. to say. Huh. Yeah, two, uh, on July third, nineteen years we've been married. Good for uh, you. Yeah, I was going to say like two decades, so it wasn't yeah. that far off. So I'd say that's a testament to you actually really, really staying humble and staying the person that you were. Because you know that that's something that everybody says, like ah, you know, meet the same people on the way down and all that, you know, mm -hmm. blah blah blah. But then you know, still kind of act like an asshole. But you are very much known as a nice guy and that has value to it i think yeah that's true my late wife we were together 16 years and then i didn't think i was going to find another a life companion but i was lucky enough to find my current wife and yeah happily married for 19 years yeah it was you know like you were saying uh, it, it's a lot of people when you meet are have been together for a long time like alice and cheryl cooper i mean they're great and it's often often there uh, you can tell that they're balanced uh, people I and mean, Alice is the sweetest guy you could ever meet you know, he's really a nice guy and really together and all you know and, and then he has a long-term relationship uh, that is speaks highly of people like that uh, often uh, you know Rick Nielsen guitarist from Cheap Trick he's been together with his wife for like what over 40 years at least right. so that's, uh, it's great you know it's, I like when people are together like that and you know what else what more do you want from from life it's, uh, right. Lucky enough to find that, and even before I had anybody, I was better alone than in bad company. If I'm lucky to find someone, <laughs> never. I'm a freak. I'm actually an exception exception to the stereotype of the rock singers. I've never been with a groupie. I, I never. I could never imagine spending a night intimately with some strangers, let alone some sleazy old groupie. <laughs> God, maybe it's because we're growing up in Finland, but you know, there's so many. Rock musicians, when I see interviews and like, like American guitar players or whatever, they ask, why, why did you stop playing guitar? You know, to get chicks, man. Okay, oh, for chicks? Okay, well, good good thing you're lucky you could play a little on the side. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, what was it like uh, opening for Guns N' Roses? They played Wembley. Did You guys played Wembley, did you not? Yeah, we did. It was, it was great. Uh, although the first night, we did two nights. Uh, we were booked for two nights, and the first night, uh, it was from 4.30 to 5. We had a, it was the first. Then there was Gary Clark Jr. was playing for the second opening. Event. Yeah. And so the first night, they didn't, the doors didn't open. They were supposed to open the doors uh 3.30. And the doors didn't open. And uh, we were there at 4.30 ready to go in the uh, empty stadium. And they said, well, I'm not going to let you play to an empty stadium. So I was, okay, fine. I said, I don't mind. I'll play to the security people, all these yellow <laughs> people with yellow jackets. And then, uh, but they said, okay, we have to wait. So we waited and waited. And then about five to five, they told us, okay, your, your, slot, your slot went by. We couldn't play. The first night we didn't play at all. Oh, and wow. They, then, yeah. Then they said, nobody knows why the doors were held for two hours. About quarter past five, Gary Clark Jr. was, he didn't know he, if he was going to play either. But then 
then they said the show's going to be on and they opened the doors about quarter past five, uh, 20 past five or so. People started pouring in and Gary Clark uh, started playing. But but the next day we played. Next day, everything went great. The first night, the Friday night, I was like, oh, the greatest show we ever almost played. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the second that's, night was a, that's a spinal tap moment right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the second night, then Saturday we played, everything went well. You know, they opened the doors at 3.30 like they were supposed to. And uh, we played, we rocked even harder, you know, we did a killer show and I had great feedback for it, and uh, it was it was cool. It was a great, great yeah. night. Since you have such a blues kind of undertone in your music, what was it like watching Gary Clark Jr. play after? Yeah, well, he was good. He was good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can I can see why they like him. Like why he's touring with them a lot. You know, he's he's, he's cool. And they were nice guys. But yeah, yeah. So good. I'm glad he's playing traditional bluesy kind of stuff, which is there's, there's never there's never too much of that especially in this day and age yeah i thought it was very good sweet that's yeah. gonna bring us to our time here michael i've got uh zoom okay. is telling me i got like two minutes left um, okay so if fans want to go out uh, i live too fast to die young is already out it came out on june 10th yeah um, they can go pick that it's a true right. honor talking to you today because like i said i've been a fan since the early 80s and I've um, followed you. you all along, so wonderful. And I know we tried to set this up once before, and it didn't work out. So thank you for taking the time. Oh, I'm glad we got it happening. Thank yeah. you. Well, my friend. Keep on putting out the music, man. Yes, I, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much. Catch you at the show, Michael. Thank you. All right. Cheers, Take my care. friend. Yeah, Take care. Bye. 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 What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same so if that sounds cool you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and i'll see you there